Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Death of Death podcast, where we proclaim Christ's victory over sin, death, and everything else. I am your host, as always, Nick Stewart. Getting this uh, episode done a little early, um, because my wife and I are making a trip to California for her birthday, so we should actually be there when this one drops. So I'm doing uh, a slightly shorter podcast today, just, uh, you know, some things I've been thinking about, just thought they would be helpful for, you know, anyone who's alive in the world today, Um, I hope. Uh, I'm trying to think about the things that happened to me and try to see God's work in all of it. Um, This, you know, this might not be like a fully fleshed out thought that I'm, you know, kind of sharing with you today, so I'm just kind of going with this and seeing where it goes, but, you know, we can look at uh, an unfortunate circumstance and just say, well, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but we can also look at an event or a situation and say, what is God doing in this? And, you know, we can't always know what he's doing in it, but uh, we can try to orient our thinking uh, more in line with the truths of Scripture, and we can accept his sovereignty over everything. So we need to change our thinking about the things that happen to us in general. You know, I've, I've been thinking about this just because of a few things that have happened to me lately. And, uh, you know, it would be good for all of us to align our thinking with the sovereignty of God. You know, God is sovereign over all things, both good and bad. Uh, so let's talk about both of those things. Let's talk about the good and let's talk about the bad. Bad things happen. We all know that. Uh, there's no really denying that fact. Uh, people die, you know, you, you spill fresh coffee on your hand and you burn yourself. And those are equal in my mind. Um, you know, is it any comfort to us that God is in charge of those things? It isn't always, but it should be because even if something bad happens, it comes from the hand of a good God, the God who is the very definition of good. When we reflect on the fact that even the bad things that happen to us come from a good God who knows everything and therefore knows what's best, and if he works all things to the good of those who love him, we should not dwell on the bad, but on the good that God is doing in it. Because there's always good to every situation, even if we can't see it. And, and I'm careful to make that distinction, that even if we don't see it, because if we can't see the good in a situation, the temptation is to say that there is none. And maybe practically that's true. Maybe if there is no practical good for us, then, you know, there might as well not be any. But uh, if God is good, and everything he does is good, and he works all things for the good of those who love him, then there is good in every situation. Just because we can't see it or define it or point directly to it, that doesn't mean it isn't there. So although we should try to look for the good, and I don't even think it's wrong to speculate about the good as long as you don't, you know, make a hard statement that you know what God is doing, (laughs) we can rest in the fact that, uh, you know, it's there whether we can see it or not. You know, Genesis 50 is is kind of the go-to passage for this. You know, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, and that was evil, and that was a bad thing that happened to Joseph, and, you know, it just wasn't a good situation. But uh, it says that Joseph's brothers did that, and in almost the same, you know, paragraph, it says that God sent Joseph to Egypt. And Joseph says, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. 
So, you know, I mean, there was probably a long time where Joseph was not seeing the good in, in that situation, but it came, you know, and, you know, he, he would have been wrong at the time to say this is a bad situation with no good in it at all. And it might take our entire lifetimes to figure that out, but it doesn't mean that the good isn't there. I was sick last weekend, and that's not a huge deal, of course, <laughs> but I, I was supposed to lead worship at my church that Sunday, and I was holding on till the last minute, hoping that I would get better or be able to push through it, and I was going to. I was just going to go and, you know, just just do whatever I could. But then on Saturday, my voice started to go, and that's the one thing that you just can't get around, even if you are sick. Like, you know, you can fake being mentally there. <laughs> you can, you can fake, you know, you can, you can blow your nose and probably get a good 30 minutes of singing before your congestion comes back. But once your voice starts to go, there's no faking that. There's no getting around that. And, and I had to tap out, you know, and that was not a good thing in and of itself. Uh, it was unfortunate that I lost the privilege of leading the church in song, and I inconvenienced my friend Jordan because he had to fill in for me last minute when he had specifically requested that Sunday off. And uh, those weren't, you know, necessarily good things, but, uh, you know, does that mean that there was no good in the situation that God had brought about? And we obviously know the answer is yes, there was good. The things that happened to us always have a mixture of good and bad. Now we can choose to dwell only on the bad or or we can look at the big picture. And you know, we don't we don't have the full picture, mind you, uh because only God knows everything, but we can have a bigger picture than than just what's right in front of us, you know, just the negative side to things. You know, before I got sick, I was sleeping about, you know, 4 to 5 hours a night and constantly working. I've been uh, driving Lyft to make extra money. I've been training for my barber test with a local school. I've been trying to keep up with the podcast work. Uh, you know, my wife and I got a new cat. And, you know, there's just regular household work I need to keep up with. And not to mention the fact that I've been fighting to keep my daily Bible reading on track. Um, I could probably, you know, list a few other things if I had time to think about it. Um, I, I was pretty much doing something every moment I was awake and I was, you know, not really sleeping and I, and I never really ran out of things to do. And I'm actually starting to question whether one could ever be done with everything they need to do. And when God made me sick and, you know, make no mistake, um, first Samuel two says that God makes sick and he makes well, uh, you know, God made me sick and I literally had no option but to get some sleep, you know, to take time off from school, to take a break from driving Lyft. I actually got up at my usual time in the morning and my body just rejected it like a baboon heart. You know, I was, I was practically falling asleep standing in my kitchen while I was pouring coffee. You know, I couldn't stay awake at no option. So I had to go back to sleep couldn't go to school, couldn't drive. I needed rest and God forced me to take that rest. It made me realize that uh, you can't just keep pounding away at your to-do list until there's nothing left on it. You know, it's just not going to happen. You have to take time for rest or leisure. Uh, you know, you might even exhaust yourself to the point where you make yourself sick and then nothing's getting done. You know, God obviously 
placed a value on rest in creation when he rested on the seventh day and that same day became a day of rest for his covenant people when he rescued them from slavery in Egypt. God knows we need rest. So he's made a perfect system to give it to us. You know, six days of work and a day off. Researchers are actually finding that six days of work and one day, um, one day of rest is actually the, the perfect routine for people to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And it's being popularized now as the 24-6 lifestyle. But, uh, you know, God obviously gave us that blueprint a, a long, long time ago. So getting sick was not a good situation, but it brought good about in my life. And, and it was God's way of uh, addressing some deficiencies in how I was using my time. And just after I had recovered from my cold, uh, I was back to work and back into some kind of a routine. I got into a car accident. And it was a minor one. Nobody got hurt. I know you don't care, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that up front. No, you know, it wasn't a very bad car accident at all, uh, but it could have been really, really bad. Um, you know, it was not a great situation, as you can imagine. Um, and I think for legal reasons, I can't really talk about the details. Maybe someday you will know those details and you'll, and, you know, I'll be able to share with you just how bad that could have been because <laughs> it's almost comical, but you know, uh, once again, we, we have the choice to dwell on the bad things or we can look at the big picture, which includes both good and bad. And, you know, there was plenty of bad to dwell on. <laughs> the damage to my wife's car, being an hour and a half late to pick her up from work, and, of course, the complicated nature of dealing with insurance companies. Those are all bad things, you know. But we can look at the big picture. God protected me and the other driver from getting really hurt. And again, I'm not going to share the details, but it could have been 10 times worse than it was. Um, you know, and uh, also my wife's car could have been way more damaged than it was. Like if I told you what happened and then you saw the car with just one broken window and a scrape on the side, uh, you would not believe that what I told you happened actually happened. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> God is, is once again forcing me to take a break from things. You know, I can't drive Lyft until I get the car fixed. Now, it's a bad thing and a good thing. Of course, I won't be making as much money in the meantime, and God obviously calls us to work and support our families. Uh, but it will force me to take a break from that to focus on some other really important things, like barbering uh, to get my license and you know, the podcast, which does make me some money. And, uh, you know, and besides like the car will not be damaged forever, you know? And it also forces me to reckon with the fact that I made decisions that led to that accident. And that's not an admission of guilt in the collision, by the way, uh, that was 150% the other driver's fault. Uh, but of course I shouldn't be talking about that yet. Um, <laughs> can't wait until I have a legal clearance to just, uh, tell the whole story. Um, as if anyone besides me cares about that story. Uh, <laughs> but I, I made some fateful decisions throughout the day that put me in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that much is definitely true. Same as the other driver. You know, we even, we even talked a little bit about the fateful decisions that led us to that point. I was actually doing haircuts at my pastor's house him and his two sons and I had to postpone the last haircut uh, his his son Duke 
I had to uh, postpone it because I was running late to pick my wife up from work. And if I had just stayed and done the last cut and just been a little bit late to get my wife, I wouldn't have been in the wrong place at the wrong time and gotten in that wreck. But of course, in that moment, stopping early and getting my wife seemed like the absolute best choice to make. You know, my pastor even supported that choice. And I probably wouldn't have done it any other way in any other circumstance. And in addition to that, uh, you know, if I hadn't been late to my pastor's house in the first place, I would have been finished with all the cuts earlier. And once again, not been in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) And if I just scheduled the haircuts on a less busy day or earlier in the day, you got it. You're starting to catch on. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten in that accident. There were plenty of practical decisions better decisions I could have made that would have avoided that. But not as if those are related, you know, in any sense besides time. You know, we have to acknowledge and respect God's sovereignty over everything that happens, but we we should also accept the fact that we make decisions that bring bad things about. And I'm not saying that we can change God's perfect plan, but within God's plan, we make decisions that put ourselves in the situations we find ourselves in. So this event forced me to reflect on how I plan things and how I make decisions, you know, without, without this event happening, I I wouldn't have a reason to reconsider how I do things. And I already uh, said, you know, we can't see the big picture ahead of time because only God knows everything, but we can look back with hindsight and think about what we could have done differently and make those decisions in the future, you know? I will uh, be making an effort not to overschedule myself in the future. Uh, now now I have a practical reason to do so. There was a, a number of things I could have done differently, but that doesn't mean I could have thwarted God's plan. And none of the decisions I made were bad decisions. None of them seemed like the wrong thing to do at the time, and I, I would probably make some, if not all, of those decisions again. But when you look back... You realize, you know, I could have been on time. I could have scheduled better. I could have fulfilled my duties and not left early. You know, those are all things worth thinking about. And don't think that I'm like beating myself up and blaming myself for the car wreck. Like I said, you know, it wasn't my fault. But we shouldn't let any event like this in our lives pass by without having some deep thoughts about it and letting God teach us something through it, you know. God uh, puts these things in our lives for a reason. You know, we, we don't always know what it is, but we can still learn something, even if we never know it all. But here's something else we should think about. What if God is protecting us from even worse things? What if there was an even worse car accident waiting for me up the road, and I avoided it by being delayed by the one I got in? I could have stayed home and died taking a shower, like in Final Destination, you know? There's no end to the things that could have happened to me if I didn't find myself in the situation God specifically placed me. And again, it's not that his plan is being changed. It's not like his original plan was for me to die in a worse car accident, but for some reason he changed his mind and had me get in the minor car accident, you know? like what happened was always God's plan, but that doesn't mean that other scenarios don't exist. They just aren't possibilities because you can't change God's plan. They're not possible in that sense. I guess they're possibilities, but not possible in the sense that they're ever going to happen. 
Of course, God knows everything that could possibly happen. And I'm no Molinist. Um, and if you don't know what that is, don't Google it. We won't be able to stop bad things from happening by making better choices. But God wants us to learn from the things that happen to us. We can look back and try to make better decisions on our own part, but we can't know the possibilities God protected us from. That's just something we have to accept and trust in him. And of course, we can't ignore the fact that good things also happen to us. We shouldn't be asking the question, why do bad things happen? We should be asking, how does anything good happen at all? (laughs) You know, when you think about it, we're all just sinners trapped on a floating rock floating through space together you know how does anything good come out of that by god's mercy and grace obviously you probably know the youth group definition of mercy and grace right mercy is not getting something bad you deserve and grace is uh getting something good that you don't deserve well we don't deserve anything good so everything good that happens to us results from god's grace to us a good thing happening to us that we don't deserve. You know, we can listen to great music, have a good cigar, enjoy our families. We can gather with our local churches and worship God together. And we don't deserve any of those things. But God gives them to us nonetheless. And we certainly can't complain if he ever took those things away because we didn't deserve them in the first place. And since we deserve bad things... The lack of a bad thing happening is his mercy. What we actually deserve is an eternal punishment for our sin. Anything short of that is mercy. And that includes things over the course of our day that he might keep from happening to us. You know, I deserve to get in a car accident every single day. (laughs) In fact, I deserve a lot worse than that. But every day that God protects me from that, that's mercy. So think about the things that happened to you today, the good and the bad, and thank God for the good things, and reflect on the bad. You know, see what you can learn from it. Think about uh, how much of that bad you brought on yourself uh, while being fully surrendered to God's sovereignty over that situation. Think about what God might be trying to teach you through the bad, you know, and above all else, cling to him in the bad and seek him in the worst of times. The two things I I talked about today are small potatoes compared to what I know some of you are going through, but there's always something to learn, and there's always a reason, and there's always some good in it. And we may never know it, like I said, but it's there, and that should be enough of a comfort to us. And, And it's always an opportunity to draw closer to God and to learn more about him. So that's going to do it for today. Like I said, kind of a short episode this week. Thank you for listening. I, uh, I hope I get to see some of you while I'm in California. Um, I guess I should say I hope that I saw some of you while I was in California because I'll almost be on my way back by the time this, this uh, comes out. So uh, Lord willing and the governor feels generous, I'll see some of you there. Um, take it easy, everybody. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you.